Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you these wisdom teachings. Welcome. Have you ever found yourself in front of an individual you know is a meeting place between heaven and earth, a combination of mastery and mysticism, a bridge, if you will, connecting infinite intelligence and earthly application? Well, we have, I have, and in today's episode, you will too. We are truly honored to, to be in the presence of our beautiful, powerful, beloved guest, Reverend Dr. Cheryl Ward, who is a dynamic, vibrant presence and a skilled practitioner of truth, who has served as the Dean of Agape University for over 13 years. She's led the Michael B. Beckwith School of Ministry and is an ordained Agape minister. Reverend Cheryl is one of Agape's master teachers. I can attest to that, as can Paula. And she has taught alongside Dr. Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith uh, such classes as the Activated Life and Meditation and the Evolution of Consciousness 2.0. She is an international speaker and teacher, and she has traveled the world. She has a dynamic private practice. She serves clients who desire individual spiritual lessons, coaching, counseling, and prayer. In addition to teaching classes in spirituality, Reverend Dr. Cheryl has practiced law for more than 47 years. She spent more than 30 years working for the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office, where she served as a senior assistant city attorney. And in 2011, in recognition of her many contributions to practice of law, she was inducted into the Longstone Bar Association Hall of Fame. Honoring her gift of creativity, Reverend Cheryl designed and teaches her own original classes like self-awareness and transcendent consciousness, the oath of manifestation, living from the overflow, the magical mystical patterns of manifestation. She's currently writing a book tentatively titled Prayer and Manifestation. Reverend Cheryl is the creator of the Oath of Manifestation and gives workshops and classes using the oath. She's also the author of Nuggets of Manifestations and the Keys to Prosperity. And I want to add to this beautiful bio and introduction uh, that Reverend Cheryl, besides being a masterful teacher, her presence is so influential that I know, like I know, like I know, that my classes uh, have been greatly influenced by her way of teaching. Reverend Cheryl, uh, you are truly um yeah, a transformational teacher, and you have transformed my life. So thank you so much for saying yes to Peace Teachings Podcast, and welcome, Reverend Cheryl. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Paula and Jennifer. I'm so happy to be with you. It's my delight. Call on me anytime, and I, I, I'm there with you. I, You are my teachers, too. I think we, 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 it's not reverse roles, but we're always that. We're always, I learn from students, so they become my teacher. And then I pass on what I learn. I become a teacher for somebody else. So it 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 flips back and forth, but there isn't just one way. I'm delighted to be here with you today. And let's get into some interesting, beautiful, yes, wonderful yes. things. Yeah, let's ask, let's. Let's talk about prosperity. And I know now that we are in 2023, we've started the year with full force, with great intentions. And we really want to, all of us, inside of us, we know that is our mandate to live a prosperous life. And you, Reverend Cheryl, have so many great things to say about these topics. And you are an embodiment of this. So let's start with this question. Why is it important to call forth a prosperous, thriving life from the standpoint of being a mandate upon our individual lives? I think it, 
it's important because we have to recognize that life is not just our individual human life, but all of life. All that surrounds us, particularly in nature, is alive, flourishing, abundant, prospering. And everywhere we look, we see nothing but the flourishing and the prospering of life, particularly in, in nature. So if we're part of this life on this planet, we too must be high examples of that flourishing nature of life itself. And the difference between us and nature and, and the animal life, for example, when we look at uh, the fact that the trees have so many leaves and we can't even count them all. We don't even have a numbering system in which to count them all. And the same when we go below in the seas and the water and we see the, the flocks of uh, the schools of, of fish, everything is flourishing. In our individual human lives, as we look up in this country and around the globe, we see patches or areas in which it doesn't seem that life is flourishing. So I look at that and say, well, we were created by the same creator as all of nature. So there is that mandate that we be flourishing. The question is, how do we determine that? What is the measuring stick of whether or not we are flourishing in life? So for us just going to the United States and probably the country that you're in, most people look at the, the monetary system as some measure of whether or not life is flourishing whether life is, is, is prosperous, or in particular, whether your individual life. And many of us grow up being introduced to the flourishing of the abundant, abundant prosperous nature through our parents or adults around us, through the social system and the cultures in which we grow up. And if we see that we don't have a lot of money, we think we're not flourishing. We think we're not prospering. And that creates a belief system that grows and grows as we grow individually. But at some point, and where we are now, and, and many of your listeners, we begin to recognize there's a spiritual aspect to life. And we begin to ask the question, well, spiritually, what is abundant? Mm -hmm. What is prosperity from a spiritual perspective? And does my life reflect that? What do we look to to determine that? And most of us rely on, until, until we get a brighter view or bigger view, expanded view, on, well, I, I saved this much, I spent that much, and I didn't do this much, and I didn't come from much, and we were poor. And all of those kinds of adjectives and observations make a person feel that I'm not flourishing, I'm not prospering. But I think we have to change a couple of things. Number one, the belief system about what uh, prosperity means, about uh, what abundance is, and how we're connected to all of the abundant things in, in life that we see around us. And one of the ways that I like to look at uh, abundance and prosperity is not just from a monetary standpoint, but from gifts that we carry with us and we're always embedded with us, our creativity, for example, our ability to create new things, innovate new things, see something new, our ability to write poetry, for example, or write books or, or to create other things, opportunities, our ability to treat. These are all part of the prospering nature of the human life. The life of the tree does what the tree does. Shines, has leaves, releases oxygen, takes in the carbon dioxide. So there's a reciprocal nature between us and being connected to nature. But let me just put this point and then we can go and talk more. 
Inside of each of us are those creative aspects of who we are and who we've come to be and what we've come to release here during this lifetime. These are the things you should begin to look at as part of prosperity, part of, of the abundance, and when we share, they are released. Just like the plant shares the beauty, the rose, the flower share, they all share their beauty. They, they don't withhold it and they don't compare themselves to anything else. They just shine as is. And so that's one of the things, the starting point of beginning to look at how I really am prosperous. And we can get into more details and, and, and peel back some of the layers of what that can mean deeply for us in our individual lives. Wow. Thank what a you. rich, yeah, thank you. What a rich explanation and invitation mm -hmm. into such a deep, abundant, bountiful exploration. Um, yes. I know that the, the clients and the students that I work with, one of my favorite ways to suggest prosperity is through the prosperity of creative ideas. Yes. Um, even thoughts that how, you know, every few seconds, a new thought can come in. And that could be a doorway into an individual's relationship with inner, inner abundance. You're, you're speaking to us of our birthright of something that is inherent in all of life and certainly in all of humans. How do we fully yeah. and, and realistically for someone who's never heard this kind of speak before Reverend Cheryl, how, how could one activate their own divine inheritance uh, in order to, to live in or see more abundance? First, it begins with the will or the desire to see abundance. And, and that means we want to see ourselves as perhaps no other person has seen us. We want to see and really see and be ourselves, not from a standpoint of, you know, forget you, I'm going to be and do what I want to do but from a true inquiry into who am I? Why am I here in this existence? What am I to bring to this? These, these are inward questions. I remember reading when I took philosophy about Socrates saying, an unexamined life is not worth living. And what he's saying is, examine your life. Find out who you really are, not who people said you were, not any of the labels, not any of the roles that you play. You can be a, a, a student, a child, a spouse, or any of those things. Who are you really and sincerely? So it's an inward journey, an inward recognition of who you are. Now, one of the things that I like to, to ask students to do is to plug into that which brings you great joy. For me, joy is God-given. Joy is the expression of God itself. Enthusiasm, another one. And, and one of our mutual teachers, the founder of Agape International Spiritual Center, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, you know, talks about when, when joy is present, God is present, fall out with no withhold. Just we just express when we're in joy, it just bursts forth. It it doesn't say, oh, a little bit, or I I I don't want to be too joyful. Well, some people do that because that's a cultural thing that that uh, has nothing to do with the spirit within. So, what inspires you? What brings you joy? What are you enthusiastic about? What can you do for hours on end and never get tired? These are the pathways into discovering who you truly are and what your gifts truly are. And there isn't a little bit of joy. There isn't a little bit of inspiration. There's tons of it. And as you explore that, you uncover more and more joyful things and creative things and, and things that inspire you. And these are the things that lead you to really feeling the prospering nature 
the the abundance of it. It's never going to run out. Your creativity doesn't run out. You weren't just given a little bit. You have all the crayons in the world to color your life, mm -hmm. to color your thoughts. And I say, start there. Discover who you are, not who you said or were told that you were or who you thought you were. Because it, it may be you thought you were this and all and nothing else. You, you thought you were a person that always messed up. Some people, some of my students have come where I've always been told I'm just a mess up. And, and, and I, I mess things up and I don't do things right. That's not who you are. So you want to find your true identity, acknowledge it, and it's an inward journey. No one can tell you that. But there is a power within you, that which we created with you, that speaks and it broadcasts to you always. When you take the time to listen to it, you will uncover some wonderful things about who you are and who you've come to be in this lifetime. Mm. Wow. It's so beautiful to hear you speaking because I'm tapping into the frequency and the consciousness from where you're speaking. And so the invitation that you just gave us is look at where in your life, where are your gifts, what brings your joy, where in your life you're flourishing. That is your expression of abundance here in this world. And, and my heart goes, yes, yes, I love this. And... um. I can bring some voices in my head uh, from people that I have counseled or, you know, people that have come to, to class for me and, and, and come to my class. And the, the notion that, yes, we live in a society where we have the monetary system, the banks, um, you know, I can think of like just this last week when, you know, we're recording this uh, at some point in time, um, Time is an illusion, but just last week, for example, there's something called um, the cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin. It went from a certain amount of money to nothing, and some people lost everything. So my husband in particular has a lot of uh, friends in, in that um you know, they're invested in cryptocurrency and all of that. And, and the amount of stress, the amount of, and when I say stress, where people go into survival mode and people even get to do you know, they can go into deep depression and, and, and more. Um, what would you say to someone that is in that survival where it's like, well, that's beautiful to go and tap into the flourishing of my soul and my gifts and, and I have to pay the bills, you know, and I, and I still, you know, I have a mortgage mortgage that is so big and right now I don't know what to do. Uh, how do we, how do we meet, you know, heaven the, the those heavenly perspectives into this system that in my in my vision it's it's it could be pretty broken by this time and i know something new is emerging so what would you say mm. about that Raymond cheryl i probably have a lot to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i'll try to make it succinct First, I want, I want us to start with who I am and who I really am and to acknowledge that. And how do I relate to the world around me yeah. as the, uh, the authentic person that I am? And let's say you were artist or creator or a writer or a book. In fact, it wasn't too long ago a woman who, um, she was living in New York, but she had known of me and, and known of my teaching, knew of the oath of manifestation. And she had written the book, and she wanted the book to do well and be successful. And here's what I said to her. It is not up to you. You were the portal through which that book was written. Hmm. The number of readers were already known in the infinite mind of God. And those readers are already lined up to buy your book because everything that happens in the physical first occurred in the unseen, invisible side of life. So it's important to understand there's an unseen, invisible side of life that is always supportive of this human walk of life. It's important to know that. 
she was afraid that people wouldn't buy the book. She was afraid that her publisher would be disappointed in her sales of the book. Well, we went into a prayer to call for it, to move that thinking out of the way and to call forth which was greater awareness of we don't do anything alone. There is a power and a presence in back of everything we do. It's on the unseen, invisible side of life. That everything happens there first before it comes into a physical where the five senses, we can see it, smell it, touch it, hear it. All of that happens first. So really, manifestation is occurring twice. First in the unseen, invisible, and then in the seen. How do we participate in the invisible side of it? We do it through our connection, our soul connection first, which is why I go within and find what brings you joy, which she did in the writing. And she had a story. She had lived a life that was, was tough and hard. But out of that came some beautiful, wonderful things that she wanted to share with others. And so... As we talked about it, and I told her, the sales are already determined, and it's it's successful. It wasn't written through you by the power and the presence and the mind of the supreme intelligence to sit and fail. So don't go into that thinking. Go into a thinking that supports its own evolution, its own inspiration, and give thanks. Sit with gratitude that this is already done. It's a done deal. It was done in the invisible, where things happen immediately. Slower in the physical, where things catch up with what already has been established in the invisible, unseen realm of life. Sure enough, and I also told her, the agent with that name is not your true agent. Your agent is God. Directed you guided you, and has all the people arranged and lined up, sure enough, that first week, her book becomes a bestseller, a New York Times bestseller. She called me to say, thank you for that prayer. I said, never doubt the infinite. You and the power and what we do as humans is never going to be greater than what God is doing in the invisible, unseen side of life. So you always want to stop and give thanks to that. Now, here's the thing that I want to, that gets to your question, that I want to emphasize with your listeners. Everything that you will need in this lifetime is already given. But you must recognize that it has been and that anything that uh, seems to keep it from you is within your power to dissipate that, to dissipate that notion. And the notion is, comes from fear. Mm -hmm. We don't worship a God of fear. <laughs> a fearful God, I don't think I could create human. No such thing. The creation has already been done. So we want to look at that fear and make it either your friend or your enemy. So I like to say, if fear comes up about the cryptocurrency, whatever, what, is, what, what do I want that fear to be about? For me, I'd rather be, it be a friendly reminder that all of my needs have already been met, arranged and met and orchestrated and continue to be so. Thank you, fear, for friendly reminding. Or I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to do something. I'll just go into worry. I'll go into the dark place. I'll go mm -hmm. into tears. I go into shouting. I go into blame. Why did you have me get in that deal? That that person tricked me. You you go into all kinds of spinoff things that are qualities of a non-abundant life. Mm -hmm. Or you can say it comes up to remind me as this as the woman in the story. That I, I, that I just told, remind her the number, the people who are going to purchase that are already known. Before you wrote the first word, the number of people who would benefit by this book were already determined 
by a mind greater than yours, by an awareness greater than your human awareness. Stick with that. Be in joy about that. Be in gratitude about that. And what I like to say to anybody who's in, in connecting with other people, I want you to give thanks to those people whose names you do not yet know, but they are known by the divine intelligence. Give thanks to them. You may never know them. You may never meet them, but they are contributors to your life and the abundance of your life. So you want to recognize what the human eyes can't see or the human ears can't, can't hear. You want to recognize because what you're recognizing is a power so supreme. You're alone, you're human power and will that you're always giving thanks. And now you have opened the door. It's an invisible door, an invisible portal to allow more to come into your life expression. So it doesn't matter what the markets say. It doesn't matter what the cryptos say. It doesn't matter what accounting system. We have an infinite system that is operating. And when we open to allow it to have a physical ex expression, it will. And so it, it doesn't matter if you have some crypto going up or down because you have a divine presence that doesn't change up on you, doesn't trick you. It's not based upon the, the, the will or the whims of people buying or not buying because that's what makes those markets go down. So you're not depending on the markets. You are depending on that which gave you life. Mm -hmm. Just as every morning you wake up, you don't have to stoke up oxygen. It's given to you. You don't have to make the earth turn. That's already happening. So you want to recognize that something beyond human power, beyond human will is an operation. And you can say, I want to have more of that demonstrated in my life. You can make that determination. So I'm not going to be listening to all of these pundits who do not know what this divine mind knows. I'm going to listen to it. It comes sometimes as a voice. Sometimes it just comes, it shows up as wow. You humanly can't figure that because our human minds are not in any way close to what the divine mind is and does. So we just want to be the open invitation to come and prove the, the, the uh, divine life. I'm letting my, my life be uh, proof, proof positive, evidence of all that God is. And I don't know all the ways, but I invite all the ways in which God is active in my life. Mm, thank you. That was a, a superb answer. Thank you. Paula, I'm sure that you have in your memory banks collections of quotes and things that Reverend Cheryl has said in your presence directly to you or in class or as you've heard her teaching others. One of my favorites <laughs> is... Um, you, you can probably imagine a few, I'm, I'm not quoting you exactly, Reverend Cheryl, but, but here's my version of what you said, which I love. Um, you probably have a few ways through this situation. Well, spirit has more ways than there are stars in the sky. Who are you going to mm -hmm. go with? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. In fact, that's the tagline on my um, logo for my open manifestation. God has more ways than there are stars in the universe to bring something about. You only have a couple. Are you going to stick with your couple? Are you going to open up to the magnitude of the spirit? And 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 that hit me like that. I mean, that came direct from from God. It's it's like, oh, you do have more, <laughs> and their galaxies and their universes. And and so when we begin to say, even make that um, your own affirmation, your own awareness to relax, to take a breath and invite any of the ways, which is how the oath came about. 
I realize that in our human life, we often think God has abandoned us. Where is God? Why did they all let that happen? And you hear people say that all the time. But I remember speaking to spirit. What's, what's missing? What is it I need to bring forth in my teaching? And then I heard clearly, God has never abandoned us, but we were the ones abandoning God because we thought things had to come this way through this vehicle, through this pathway, through this company, through this relationship. And if the company failed or the relationship failed or I didn't get hired, God abandoned me. Why did God abandon me? So the oath is taking an oath, borrowing from the court of law before you testify you to take an oath to tell the truth. And I thought we ought to take an oath not to abandon God because God has never abandoned us. So that's how the oath came about. I'm taking oaths. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I open to receive, and I use the word deliberately, unexpected goodness, yes. unexpected love, unexpected kindness, unexpected generosity, unexpected opportunity, unexpected money, unexpected whatever you want to put in there, actually. I put some things, but you can make it your own and put other things in there and make it unexpected. And why did I use that word? Because I wanted to take the burden off of human shoulders and open up to, I don't know how, because there's so you know, there are more ways than stars in the universe. I don't know how, but I have a silent partner that does, that goes with me, that opens doors that I humanly cannot open that governs everybody, is the one mind flowing through everybody and everything. I, I, I want to not abandon that. I want to open and be more available to that happening in my life. So really, that's how, that's how that came about, directing spirit and got those words. That's incredible. I know both Paula and I have the Oath of Manifestation open in our computers. We, we even went through... Um, a series together where every day we were assigned prayer partnership in prac two and we went through it together. <laughs> Reverend Cheryl, you have been with us every step of the way. Just yes, want to reiterate. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I do that same thing with, uh, I get a partner because it just helps you, uh, where two or more are gathered as we learn from scripture, there is the power and the presence. So we don't want to abandon God. You don't, you don't want to abandon God because mm. you don't want to be abandoned. Just think. Humans will abandon each other for different reasons. Friendships go, relationships go, uh, work goes, social circles fall apart. We don't like that. So we want to recognize that it is impossible for God to abandon us. But if we turn the other way, we have abandoned God. And I'm reminded of uh, Plato's uh, cave uh, uh, allegory of, about the people in the cave looking at the shadows on the wall where the light was behind them, the light being the, the divine presence. They never turned to that, and they were looking at shadows as if the shadows were the reality of their life. Well, that's the same thing applies to we look at the crypto markets. We look at all, mm -hmm. all of this, and, and not to say we shouldn't. You can look at them, but don't look at them as a God presence in your life, yes. as equal to the power and presence of God in your life. They are mm -hmm. not. They are just things that we get to play around with in this dimension. But they are not the all and all of yes. our life. They are not the thing that will glorify our life. They, they may be aspects of our life, but we don't want to give them power that they do not have. That's pseudo power. So we want to keep the power where it is with God and with our relationship with God and knowing that God has not abandoned us and that God is the only quality of opulence, abundance, prosperity, thriving, and has more ways than that crypto. 
Right. Yes. <laughs> or any other system. I mean, that I came to be like a, a a solution to the system. But yeah, I, I love that um, analogy or that uh, picture um, image of everyone looking at the, mm. you know, given the the back to the light and all they can see is the shadows. So it's when we turn our yes. sight to to, you know, what the market is doing or, you know, banks or relationships or, you know, all the noise of the world, which is okay to look at, but not to be um, seduced so much that we forget the true power. So yeah. those are the ways that we abandon this light, maybe doubt, worry, uh, fear, not enough, like all entertaining those thoughts. So now you're inviting us to turn our, our sight back to the truth, back to God, back to the true power. What are the practices uh, used by you and your students um, that can allow us to, to, to bring our attention back to the truth, to God? One of the practices has to be setting your intention to do that. Mm-hmm. That has to be the first or maybe I should say the awareness, be, become aware of the power in the presence and then set your intention to align with it daily, to, um, to, to either through prayer, through meditation, or, or just uh, creating your own, thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. What you've done as you woke up is you've greeted the day because the day has already greeted you with the rise of the sun. You didn't make that rise of the sun. A power and presence did. And I, I love it. In Spanish, there's a, there's a phrase that when I was in Costa Rica, the first time in, in the year 2000, and I was living with a family, one of the things they said to me every morning that I, um, I just love and I went to Costa Rica. I don't know if I ever told you that, Paula, in 2000 by myself because I wanted to see how spirit would show up in another language and another culture and where I had no friend with me, where I had no person speaking English. I travel alone. So I, I was, my intention was to be closer to the presence of God through another culture through another language. And then living with that family, one of the phrases that they had was, you know, how did the dawn greet you, basically? And and I always loved that because I think, yeah, something made that sun come up, the dawning of the day. Mm-hmm. Let me give thanks to that. You might want to speak more, more to that. Como amaneció? Is that the one? Uh, Como amaneció? Yeah. How did the dawn greet you? Yeah. 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 So you can begin just with that simple acknowledgement that something brought that sun up, that made a dawn that says, okay, time to wake up. Something also sets the sun. But again, you must first acknowledge a power greater than the human experiences or the the human so-called pseudo-powers. Government is not power. It's a pseudo power, basically. Um, presidents or, or, or people who run com- countries and governments, they're, they're not power. It's pseudo power, and the only power they have is what's given by the people, meaning the people obey and, and do what the, that government head says. And I'm not putting down governments because I believe that there are good things that governments do, creating certain laws that make everything equal for everybody. I think that's a good a good thing that, that comes about. But to give any greater power to that government, greater than the power you give to God, who would do that knowingly? So we, we have to become aware. Are we looking at the shadows on the wall in the cave? Are we looking at that sun that rose up and thinking about what power behind that sun created that to rose up and then just ask it to speak to you? When you invite um, anything, 
that's greater than what humans do. Trees, for example. No human created a tree. And I use trees because as a little kid, I just, I just adored, loved trees. I still love trees. But I look at the tree, an atheist uh, at my work once said, well, how do you know there is a God? I said, because I know a man had never created a tree. <laughs> and he had no comeback from that. All his lawyering argument couldn't come back from that. But there's something to be said that we can get, and, and when we connect with nature, that will speak to us. In certain indigenous cultures, they actually, particularly in the continent of Africa and different countries, they actually go and connect with even the Native Americans here in the United States and perhaps in the countries where you guys are. There's something that is powerful that showed that indigenous people had a connection with something greater than themselves. Yes. Somehow that got lost through the centuries and more connection with the government's going to tell us how to live and what to do, tell us when we're, when we're poor, that we're broken down. But God didn't create broke people or broken down people. Again, it's constantly opening the door, inviting more and more awareness. But you must have that desire. You must have that intention. And when you do, oh, my God, my Lord, nothing will be withheld. Mm -hmm. So intention, seeing rightly, and then allowing in one of my classes, I created a guided meditation, which I may publish. Um, it's words, but I want words to music. I call it, I want you to go into the allowing. And anytime something comes up that may cause a little nervousness and you don't want to have it, and you, don't, you don't want to deal with it, and you want to be, you know, committed to your oath to believing and having faith in God. Go into the alarm. Let it come up. Well, thank you for the friendly reminder. You're in the allowing. I'm allowing something in this regard. My my new job or job I haven't had in years. I'm allowing that to come forward. And I give thanks. It's all in the allowing room. It's like putting the cake in the oven. And you would never take that cake out until it was done. So you put the things into the allowing room just as, as a practice to say, I'm allowing. I don't know how to allow it all, but I know there's a allowing room. And as long as I allow it and keep it open, whoa, wonderful thing. Wonders mm. what happened. Mm. I have a quick example from a student that I'd like to share with you along these lines. In her life, she was working for a company, a good, a good company, but ran into shortages of money, which people will have the experience of shortage of money. That doesn't mean that money is gone for them. But anyway, she's in the class, and she's not able to keep up the payments of her car. So what happens when you don't keep up the payments of the car? The car company or the finance company will come and what they call impound or take that car back. And you won't know when they're going to come. They usually find it parked on the street and they'll come with a truck that picks the car up and they take it back. Well, this happened to her one morning. And this is a clear example of things are going to happen, but that doesn't mean God abandoned them. So she's in class. She's saying the oath every day. So she looks out her window and sees actually them taking the car away. And she recognizes, I have no way to get to work now. She's steeped in the oath. And mostly when people have that, a lot of people have the cars taken away and impounded. They usually go into fear, cursing or whatever, that this didn't happen, that, that was supposed to happen, that, that wouldn't have happened. She didn't go into the blame game. She went into, no matter what is going on, God is with me. 
God is for me. I have a silent partner that is in places I humanly cannot be. What will I do? Right thing. I'll call my boss to say I'm going to be a little bit late. And instead of being in shame about it, she says, I'm just going to tell him why. So she did. Because my car has impounded, so I have to find another way to get to work. I just wanted to let you know. When she gets to work, she goes into her boss, tells her what happened, tells the boss what happened, and the boss says to her, well, I thought about it after you called me, and I want to give this to you. And hands her an envelope, and in the envelope is $500 bills. Total surprise. She wasn't asking for anything. But this is how the spirit works. Gives you something from a place you cannot know it's going to come. But it's coming from God because the one mind moves through the heart of that individual who wanted to help. He says, I know you're going to need it because you're going to have to go to the impound. You're going to have to do certain things. It's okay. So he gave her a place of comfort. That's what she needed in that a comfort. And rather than railing at anybody, she was just in the flow of God has more ways than the stars in the universe to bring something about comfort, peace, uh, being complacent with what is going on and not railing at life. So the story doesn't end there. She's able to make up those back payments, and she is able to go to the place where the car has been towed. It's called a storage yard. When your car is towed in a storage yard, you have to pay storage fees before you can take your car. When she goes to pick up her car, the storage fees have been waived. The owner, she doesn't know who or how, but she does know the one God and presence that goes in places we humanly cannot go, the one mind that operates through everyone, took care of that. So there are no storage fees. Another us. So then they point out her car over there in that part of the yard. You can go and pick it up. The keys are there waiting for you. There was no pushback because she allowed the presence of God to do all that God would do that she humanly could not do. Mm. When when she goes to get her car, they have washed it, cleaned it up, and she had three hubcaps missing from the wheels. Those had been replaced. She drives out of there with a brand new, brand new car. <laughs> I'm telling you this story because these are one of the magnificent, unbelievable, mm. mystical aspects of manifestation. When you let go. Truly, and you allow God something beautiful and wonderful. As she shared that story, it just uplifted everyone in the classroom. And, and that's why we do the sharing, because we're lifting and creating a high tide of consciousness, a high tide of true consciousness that's saying God is all there is. And we're letting God. We don't judge by appearances. Appearances are, are, to use a legal term, irrelevant to God. God is the master. God is masterful. And miraculous things can happen when we are in the allowing room and not in God's room trying to fix up things, lie about things, manipulate things on a human level. He's just like, and look what can happen. And so we all breathe that in. We're all feeling inspired. The spirit was rising up in us as we hear the story. And, and there are other stories like that that I can tell you, which is why I love to have classes in the sharing of stories, because it lifts like high tide. High tide floats all boats. The high tide of consciousness floats all lives. We can float on the high tide of high consciousness when we share like that. As you heard it, I know something stirred within you. That's so amazing. 
Absolutely. We will definitely invite you back, Reverend Cheryl, to hear more of these stories. I know it is uplifting for our listeners, as it is for Paula and I, to speak with you and to, and to just listen. Uh, you are a magnificent yes. teacher, and you, you just, you, you hand out so generously, so beautifully, these nuggets of manifestation. In, in speaking of your practice, um, mm -hmm. would you share with us a few of, of your nuggets that are go-to um, phrases would, that we I would can love carry with us. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. I would love to, and I, I, I have some simple ones here. Um, as I said, this is going to be a, a, a published book at one point. But here's Nugget, the, the second one I wrote. I always just sit with it and say, okay, God, what, is, what are the words to you? I really let them come from God. I don't think, and, you know, try to use my intellectual mind to think of these things. This one, I have a silent partner whose job it is to determine how things will come into manifestation. I give thanks for my silent partner who goes in places I humanly cannot go and arranges and arrange, arranges all activities of my lived life. My joy, my unexpected goodness. Mm, I thank God for every good thing. So it's just taking time to acknowledge and to give thanks. Acknowledge the silent partner. Really is a term that Ernest Holmes used in his Science of Mind materials. One called the invisible life. And, and I got that because he wants us to realize, and I did realize this. I actually, I'm thinking of something else to, to share with you. You will lose your human mind. When you realize you have a silent partner, you will, for example, have a desire welled up. That, that desire, when I break it down, D-E, of or from, sire, the Latin, the father, or the begotter. Place that in you. Mm -hmm. Oh, because God is always seeking a greater expression. And God, as the greater expression humanly, has to come through human people. Oh, so this desire is not just something I thought of, let me have a desire. No, it welled up in you. You were entrusted by the silent partner, the God presence, to deliver this debt. But you don't deliver it alone. Your silent partner partners with you and is in all places you humanly cannot go, as in the, the story I just told. So one nugget is always to give thanks to have a silent partner that's always working on my behalf or using the, the tagline of God is more ways than the stars in the universe to bring about something. I only have two or three. I think I'll just go with God and invite more God to be present. Show me and, and giving thanks because when you receive something, don't you say thank you? So one of the practices that is very significant and so important is to give thanks that it has already happened because it has in the invisible unseen realm. Remember, going back to my earlier comments, it's already occurred. So you want to feel the feeling and give thanks. That's really how we pray, too. We give thanks that this has already occurred. And we feel the feelings already done, which is why we say, and so it is, amen, it's done. It's done. But we, we prayed from an awareness that it's already taken place. This is the place in which we pray. So we're giving thanks already, and we're feeling it already. In 1989, that was the first time that happened to me, where I so felt that something had already occurred. I found myself in conversation thinking about it as if it had already happened. And I thought, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> because for them, it hasn't already happened. But for me, it had. But then I thought, I heard the voice say, they're going to think you lost your mind. And then the voice said, you did lose the little mind. And you went and you see and feel from the greater mind. Mm. And then I was okay with 
with that. But that's that's definitely one. I have another little quick one that I I'll answer the first one. I have an arranged life. Arrangements have already been made for the perfect outcome of everything I desire. My new job, my new home, my new project, harmonious relationship, peace, love, and generosity. I'm grateful to have my life arranged by living God and accept all arrangements as I know I cannot out-arrange God. Thank God for everything. So when I tell people that, oh, that burdens out me. Arrangements have already been made. I'm living an arranged life. God arranges everything. Now you see that that goes with the oath. It's not on your shoulders to make something happen. It's already happened. We're allowing that which has already been arranged and orchestrated to come into physical manifestation. That's what plants do. Flowers do that very well. And they just bloom mm-hmm. and blossom because the arrangements have already been made. Those are two key things that I, I would want people to take away. There are others that we can go into, but it's just if you just go with those two and keep those going every day. I'm waking up. I see the dawn has greeted. Oh, I'm living an arranged life. Arrangements have been made about my this about my dad, whatever it is, you you fill in the blank with it. And you really sincerely give thanks and feel the feeling. That's another whole teaching about living from the answer. But feel the feeling that this has already been done because it happens in the invisible first. Then it comes into visibility and manifestation. Mm. Consciousness precedes form. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely. Oh, my Absolutely. goodness. I, I feel enlightened by you. <laughs> so good. That, that allowance um, point is so, at least for me, and I know for many of our listeners, how many times if I look back, you know, Okay, I trust. I trust the universe. I trust the invisible force. Oh, but wait a minute. Just in case, I'm going to get in the way. And how many of us said, I get in my own way. It was already happening. There's so many things in my life that I couldn't have arranged. The most magnificent things in my life, I have never planned. I have never yes. created a strategy around it. <laughs> my my little mind keeps insisting that just in case God forgot, <laughs> I'm gonna get in the way. So that allowance yes. room was an incredible visual for me. So thank you so much. Yes. And I in my manual, I actually have a, a photograph. And and you can create any one. Just to create a visual of, oh, that's my allowing room. You can put it up as a a visual reminder wherever you are, particularly in your home. Oh, I've got that in the allow. That's my allowing room. So I would encourage that as another practice to be a reminder. That's a good thing, Paula. We 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 like to have reminders because we can get, get caught up and get, you know, forgetful. But that's okay. We come back and we become mindful, and there it is. I'm allowing it. It's so. What would you suggest? Like a board, like something that you put. This is the allowing allowing room, and then you place your your desires there. Mm -hmm. You can do that, or you can have a room in your house or a closet in your house, and you can say, "This is my allowing room." It becomes very intentional. It becomes very um, palpable. In, in, in as a reminder for you when you have something, you know, visible in your home or physical a space that you can go through or area, just like an altar is. But usually the altar is just things. At least my altars have been pictured in, in certain things and crystals that I've placed there. But when I got this last summer about the allowing room, I recognize that spirit was telling me to just go into that room and be at peace about the thing. It's like spirit was whispering, I've got this. You can't outplan me. 
Mm-hmm. You can't outgive me. And then I thought, yeah, my little puny plan of how it should happen compared to what God will do. And here's the other thing that's important. We are all connected. So I'm circling back now to something I said earlier. When God plans for you, it's not you alone. There are other people who are part of this thing that's going on, that's being planned. So you want to give thanks to those people whose names you don't know, but because arrangements are being made and people being put in place and part of this manifestation, don't think it's just for you selfishly alone. Others are involved. Others are a part. In the example of the woman whose whose, uh, boss gave her the $500, when we give, we have a good feeling. We like to be given. Sometimes we're not good receivers, but we feel good giving. And we want to be good receivers, too. So we want to know that in the allowing room, there are people who are being used in, by, by God and, and, and the arrangements that God is making to bring something about. And they're enjoying about it. it it's, it's enjoy to give and, and, and bring joy and happiness to other people. That's a joy. So we always want to be a giver and a good receiver because we don't want to take away somebody else's joy who wants to give something to you unexpected that brings you happiness, enthusiasm, peace, calm, sense of well-being. Just in the story of the woman's boss who gives her the $500, that was a joy for him and a joy for her to receive it. A lot of people push it away. Oh, no, no, no. So we have to look at those cultural things that say, oh, you don't want to take from people. It looks like you're uh, begging if you take for people. You don't want to be. Those are cultural made-up stories that are so far away and so far removed from what God is about and what we're about. And the two things have to happen. No coin has one side. There's a, a, a two side to the coin. So there's two sides to our relationship. Somebody's giving something, somebody's receiving something. Same thing. The, the water goes up and the water comes down. We breathe in, we breathe out. These are natural things. So there has to be a giver and there has to be a receiver. And sometimes you're in the giving side and sometimes you're in the receiving side. But it's all arranged by God. That's the beauty of it. So breathe in, breathe out. Take it in and receive it and let it out. Trees love it. I, I didn't know why I was a biologist maybe a year ago, but I understood trees and plants very well in those times of my study. Mm. So wonderful. Yeah, just to take all that in. And that's another practice to take a moment and just maybe close the outer eye and breathe in and, and breathe the energy, the feeling of it, the feeling expanded and lifted. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Reverend Cheryl. This has been so enlightening and um uh, I know you'll be back. <laughs> I would love I mean, to come back. At, yes. Uh, court. yes. We will include for our listeners links to various ways, yes. email and your Instagram and, and ways that our yes. listeners can make contact with you and also connect with your materials. And we're aware that you are completing several uh, literary creations, including the third yes. manifestation meditations. Absolutely. We would love to share that on the Peace Teachings podcast. So please Beautiful. come back when you're ready to my, share that information. My joy. Also, probably next year, I'll be doing another online class with uh, the Oath of Manifestation will be a central part of it. I'm not sure of the title of the class, but it will be uh, an invitation for those who want to come and participate uh, with others in, in an in experience. 
That's what I would call the class. We're going to have experiences of the infinite in the class time itself and also outside of class time. These uh, beautiful, mystical, wonderful experiences will be occurring and we'll be allowing it to happen. Wonderful. We'll Can't see you wait. there then. Yes. <laughs> Taking Answer. that class for sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> absolutely absolutely right. thank you for having me too it's been a joy a real joy to be with you thank you thank you and we hope everyone who has listened to this masterful teacher has enjoyed as much as we have and we will see you in the next episode goodbye now absolutely goodbye goodbye thank you this has been a peace teaching Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you, we appreciate you, and we bless your life. Peace be with you.